0: So we are on part I 5 I think of our message series today. I actually decided I know this is really atypical, but I decided that we were going to go ahead and uh change the name of the message series and I know that's kind of strange, but we're going to do that. It's going to now be called the Never Ending Story. So <laughs> anybody remember that movie right is the do kids know about that today that was a big one uh, showing my age anyway so um yeah. <laughs> no um what was i going to say also we're going to make sure alice you're going to stay kind of calm today right you're not going to mess anything up in my message this morning last week I had this great demonstration planned it was like all this great way to bring out this thing we were teaching and she just completely ruined the whole thing on me because she's so smart so anyway we're gonna we i talked to her beforehand she's gonna keep calm this morning for us so so we're getting into no we're not changing the name of the series i was just kidding but we're getting into uh part five of of deep waters and of course our heart is to just really press in i think if you already have heard and seen through worship listening to Glory, hearing me say that uh, after she worshiped this morning and then Katie last week of just pressing in and getting deeper with God. You know, We serve an unsearchable, vast God whose depths cannot be sounded, but that doesn't mean that we don't want to devote our lives to searching and seeking and reaching after all that God has for us, getting a hold of everything we can to see more of who He is, the promises and the destiny that He has planned for us. And so I think that we have really uh it's just been awesome to hear some of the feedback and the testimonies of people talking about you know just man it's just really getting into a deeper place with god and and just getting revelation in a place like i haven't before and i just really that's what i want this time to be all about but i want it to be a beginning or just kind of a stirring of a way to live not really like okay once this message series finally does end that like we just go on and and that's it you know this is a lifestyle this is a way to live going after God I kind of look at it like last week we talked about our relationship with the Holy Spirit and getting close to the Holy Spirit and he is wants to be the most intimate relationship that you possibly have there's no relationship on earth under heaven that could compare to the kind of relationship that the holy spirit wants to have with you that closeness and that intimacy and in our lives we ought to live in a way where it's kind of like the setting of firsts you know like there's a first thing that you do there's a setting of first there's like a first step priority where, that you always take before you move further into other things and i look at the, the the relationship we ought to have with the holy spirit as like a setting of firsts in our lives like we ought to want to know what God has to say about anything and everything before we get really moving far down that direction. We ought to want God's hand and his favor and his protection over us before we start marching in any area that we feel called to an assignment for, right? It's like a setting of firsts. For example, when I get up in the morning, the very first thing that I do is I go to make the coffee. It's like the setting of firsts, right? No, actually, I when I get up, i my heart. You know, I, I begin to pray when I wake up in the morning, but, um, as just kind of kidding around, like before we do anything, Katie and I like getting started with the kids or whatever. It's like, we move over to that coffee pot, you know, and, Hey, is the coffee on? Is the coffee? Kids are yelling, dad, we want not Not until the coffee's ready. You know, the setting a first here, there's a first priority. None of that other stuff's going to matter if we don't have our coffee, you know? Uh, <laughs> so there's a, Yeah. So there's a setting of first. It's like, it's kind of like having the arrow in our, our, our compass. When you open that compass, like, okay, here's due north. And you want to immediately get started in that right direction, right? You don't want to kind of start moving and then pull your compass out later. And realize that you, even if you were like one degree off and you went a couple miles, now you're way out of the way of where you want to be. It's that setting of first. like Our our relationship with the Holy Spirit is like that in our lives, that closeness, that intimacy, that uh, knowing what He has planned for us, what He wants for us, and just flat out seeking Him to be with us in everything that we do as we move along. It's like that setting of first. And this is so important because, frankly, the stuff that we are up against in our lives there are so many things that we have to fight against or deal with that are they're just simply spiritual in nature they're not a physical battle they're not a a fight of the flesh necessarily they're a fight of the spirit for example the bible says in ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 if you have your Bibles go ahead and open them up to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers against rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places so There are, now don't mistake, misunderstand me, there are battles that are physical and and stuff in nature, but so much of what happens in our lives is because there's an enemy who's hell bent on your destruction. And all he has going on, like his first thing, his setting of first, is, is simply to derail the children of God from their purpose and their destiny. He wants to see no one come to know Christ and go to heaven and he wants to see those who have be totally upturned in their lives so they don't live out their purpose and their destiny. And so there's spiritual battles that are coming against us that we need to be able to fight from a spiritual place on. I mean, flat out, fighting from a physical uh, approach is is useless. It doesn't do any good. There's You can't have... You know, willpower or, uh, you know, get strong. I mean, there's just those things. I'm not saying those are bad, but they're not going to do any good when you're fighting a spiritual battle. I have these crazy dreams. I don't know about you, but crazy dreams where I'm like, I'm fighting and I'm in a war or whatever, and, and I'm shooting, and it's like rubber pellets, like foom, 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 like in slow motion, and they just bounce off of my enemy or something. Or, or like I'm fishing. And I go to, to CAS, and I realize that I've got like a stick in my hand, and I can't, it's like, no, it's useless, right? You ever have crazy dreams like that? Anybody? Thank you, Alice. Thank you. Turn into to page. Uh, but it's like they're useless, right? It's, what, you're, what you're using is not what you need for the application, It's pointless. It's never going to serve you any advantage to try to shoot rubber bullets if you're in a a firefight. And if you're involved in a spiritual battle where the enemy has brought something to your doorstep, whatever it may be, through depression or sickness or illness or he's attacking your relationships or whatever, if he's brought something to your doorstep that's a spiritual attack you have to fight from the deepest place of you in your spirit. You have to fight it with a spiritual opposition, a spiritual force that you have to form a resistance from, not from your physical or emotional man. And I see a lot of times where people it's like I, there's a, there's a spiritual battle that's going on, something at their doorstep and and they're just they're trying, to like keep it together physically or emotionally. And it's like this constant up and down, up and down, up and down, right? And, and a lot of times, it's like they're trying to fight a battle just by getting emotionally strong or like really keeping it together, but really not fighting it from a spiritual place. When I say a spiritual place, I mean using the word, you know, I mean getting in faith and declaring what the word of God says about you, about your life, about your destiny, about the situations that you're facing. Hey, if you're dealing with a spirit of fear, listen, don't try to get yourself all psyched out to not be afraid. The Bible says God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Now when you declare that, and the faith man in you, the spirit man, rises up and forms a resistance and an opposition against that attack of fear, now you're fighting that battle with fifty caliber bullets, are you with me? Now you're doing something about the situation that's going to get some traction. So we have to fight from the deepest place in us, which means we have to come to know the Holy Spirit in the deepest and most intimate way. And I wanna to talk today about this person of the Holy Spirit uh, of, of who he is to us in our life, the different, we'll call them personalities of the Holy Spirit. And how many people know, like we, we are one person, but we have kind of like different parts to our personality, right? For example, uh, my wife, there's the morning Katie. Uh, I'm just saying, it's a different personality. (laughs) Same body, beautiful body, I might add. Same spirit, loving spirit. It's just a morning personality, right? I mean, the kids know it. They come in in the morning and they're like sneaking over to my side. Sliding in like stealth, like their army crawling alongside the bed. Because Katie looks around, huh, huh, what's going on? Who's waking me up? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but they do. They they sneak in and they they slide under the covers. Evie, I don't even know. Like she ought to be a secret agent. She's so good at this by now. I I mean, I wake up and she's like perfectly positioned where she's not interrupting anything, and she's underneath the covers enough to where even when Katie looks over, she can't see her. Yeah. So, we all have little different personality quirks, right? How many people your vacation mode is like your best mode, right? I mean, you know, when you're getting ready to head out on vacation, is that not like, man, there, you, there ain't nothing going to get you upset, Right? Unless the vacation gets canceled, I guess. But when you're in vacation mode, you're about ready to go on vacation. You're like, yeah, you know, you're psyched out. So kind of have like these different sides, let's say, to our personality. And the Holy Spirit, the best, this is the best way I can explain it, is there's, there's different parts to the personality. It's one person, but there's different parts of his personality. And all of those parts of his personality, we are meant to know intimately and experience the benefits of. And I want to talk about some of those today. By no means am I going to say, like, this is an exhaustive list. Because I can't, I don't even know, you know. I mean, there's sides to God that we'll never even understand. But these are some that I believe we have to know, not just know about, okay? This is huge. Like, say it again, you don't need to know about these things. I mean, you need to know these things. You, like, when I say, I know the morning Katie, I know, you know about it. I actually know it, Right? And and so when I say that these personalities of the Holy Spirit, you need to know them, have experienced them, have like watched them unfold, and it's affecting your life that way. Not something that you just heard about. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good teaching. I, I agree with that. You need to know these. Okay, these parts of His personality. So, let me just say this to, as we get into it. I love the way that Jesus set up the whole coming of the Holy Spirit. You don't think this is important? Listen, this was like the greatest setup or the greatest introduction in history. Jesus, he's towards the end of his time on earth. And it's like the most important thing that he's talking about now, if you read through John chapters 14, 15, and 16, you'll see all this, where he's talking about, I'm going to send someone called the helper. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And he's saying things like, I can't be with you anymore. See, Jesus is there with them now, but he's getting ready to ascend into heaven after he dies on the cross, right? And so he's saying, listen, there's something you absolutely have to get a hold of. You have to know there's someone coming after me. There's someone that I'm going to send. My father's going to send, and and I I can't be with you any longer. And get this. This is huge. He says, it's actually good for you that I go because the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit can then come. See, the Holy Spirit hadn't been poured out, as we see in the prophet Joel's prophecy, this Holy Spirit poured out on all flesh. God poured His Spirit out on all flesh. The Spirit hadn't been poured out. Jesus was among them. God was there. They were in the presence of God. But when the Holy Spirit would be sent, now they could begin to know God, as can we, in a totally different, intimate kind of way. Now all of a sudden the God would live on the inside of them and they would begin to know and have a relationship that was deeper than what they could have while they were just there walking with Jesus while he was on the earth. Are you with me? So Jesus, he does this, this I, I look at it like the setup, this huge introduction. And it's like, wait for it, wait for it. Wait for it. You ever watch those videos? You know where it's like they say in the bottom, "Wait for it." And you're like, "How long do I have to wait?" You know, like it's three minutes. Is it going to happen at two thirty? At 15? I don't know. But you know what? It gets my attention. I don't know about you. I usually watch it until it happens, and then I'm like, "Oh, that's what I was waiting for." How many people agree? When it happens, you know it. You know what you were waiting for. You don't know what you're waiting for when you start out necessarily. You're guessing. Oh, I think he's going to get clobbered in the head. Oh, I, th- I think he's going to fall off. You know, I don't know. Whatever. And but when it happens, you know it, and you have no more questions about it anymore. So Jesus is saying, he says to them, and look at Luke chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, he says, behold, this is verse 49, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, the promise is the Holy Spirit, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jumping down to verse 52, and then they worshiped him and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. So they didn't necessarily know fully what he was talking about, but they got the picture that they needed to prepare for something that was coming. And if they understood anything about what Jesus was saying, even though it may be hard for them to grasp, they could see that whatever it was that was coming was bigger than what they had already experienced. Because Jesus saying, I have to go, but it's better for you that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come, had to give them a sense that, look, what's going to happen is actually going to be better and more extreme and more powerful than anything that you've seen so far. And so he, he sets it up and he says wait in the city and so what do they do they they wait in the city they stay they tarry in the city it says they worshiped him uh, and they stayed there continually they weren't moving they weren't gonna go anywhere until the wait for it wait for it wait for it there it is Happened. and do you know when that happened it happened in Acts chapter 2 open up your Bible if you've got that one flip over a couple pages Uh, From Luke to Acts, and then chapter 2, right in the beginning. On verse 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, so they had been waiting for this helper to come, the Holy Spirit, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly, and suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now it happened. Now it happened. God sent His Holy Spirit. He poured His Holy Spirit out. And now everything about humanity was different. For those who would know Christ, who would accept who Jesus was, would now be able to have a relationship on a level of intimacy that had never even been comprehended. They didn't even know to ask for it this way. God knew to give it to us so that we could have it at a level that was so critical to us fulfilling our destiny and our purpose. But get this, it's, it's not even just about our own purpose and our own destiny, because we're all interconnected in the body as members. It's really about God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven and that Holy Spirit coming was the critical turning point for the church to be able to rise up and move with the same kind of power and authority that Jesus demonstrated while he was there and walked among them. Everything was different. And so now we get to know this Holy Spirit as listen to these different things that we're going to go through and break down today. The helper, the comforter, our guide, the messenger of truth, the empowerer, the gift enabler. All these different parts of the Holy Spirit, God wants you to know and he wants you to know them in an intimate way. He wants you to experience them and have them actually manifesting, let's say, in your life, not just something that you're hearing about. When he says he's the comforter, do you know what it feels like to be comforted? Have you been comforted in your time of despair or in your time of tragedy or whatever it is? When he says that he is your guide, have you heard the voice of God in your times where you just feel in disarray and loss and the voice of God is like an arrow piercing through every little fog that just opens up a picture of clarity and says, come with me, this is the way, right? He wants you to know these parts, of Him. He wants you to experience them on a day in and day out basis. And this is the key, folks, in my opinion, this is the key to what our nation needs today. It's, it's the absolute most important setting of first of, of everything, is for the church, the people of God, to actually be operating in the full authority of what they've been given, which means they have to know in the most intimate way the Holy Spirit inside of them and actually be living from the strongest, deepest place in their spirit man. And as we as the church are all collectively on fire for God and on fire in our relationship with Him that way, it's like the church is moving with a force that can't be stopped. Amen. So let's go, let's look at first... Well, last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit as the revealer, right? And that was when Alice had all her fun with me and everything in that little demonstration. The revealer, meaning he reveals and uncovers truth to us in a way shows us things about himself and about who we are that we could not possibly know another way. That's huge. You could not possibly know it another way. Listen to the Bible or to the Greek definition Of revelation it means an uncovering or an unveiling usually used in the revelation of Jesus Christ especially particular in the manifestation of Christ and his will that was previously unknown to the believer so it's like he's the revealer he's revealing things about his will for us for our life for his kingdom that we could not possibly know by flesh and blood. It, we could not possibly come into an understanding intellectually by that. Right? He's going to reveal things to us as, by His Holy Spirit as there's an intimate relationship there with Him. So there's the revealer. But let's talk about just the different... Go to John chapter 14. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. That'll be on the screen. Verse 26, and Jesus, this is again another place he's talking about the Holy Spirit that he's going to send. But the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, stand by, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and he will help you remember all things so look at all these different when you look at the amplified the more expanded you know uh version of the the words that were originally used in the greek or in the hebrew you can see the deeper meaning of of the context of the words there and this holy spirit this helper has a variety of personalities we're going to call them today that we would know him as and intimately know them as and so the messenger is is the first one that i'll tackle it says in John chapter 14, verse 16. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. The spirit of truth. Listen. Listen at a time this is one of the personalities of the holy spirit the messenger of truth in a time where our world wants to make everything gray everything ambiguous it's right for you is right for you what's right for me is right for me it's all relative everybody can just decide everybody's right really can everybody really be right? I mean, I understand there's perspective. People kind of have different perspectives. Oh, you see it that way, I see it there. But I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about flat out the things, the, the, the matters of life. I'm talking about things like morality. I'm talking about things like the, the truth and the word of God as it pertains to the world in our lives, right? In a, in a world where, the, where everything is, it's like people are trying to make everything gray. We need to hear something that's from the voice of truth that cuts through that stuff in a time where everybody else is trying to make you think that everything's okay. No, it's not. It's not. Everything is not okay, okay? Okay. It's just not. It's just not. We need to hear from the one voice that can determine exactly what truth is. It's not me. It's not. It's the voice of truth. It's the Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of us right look when i preach and i'm sharing from the word can i just tell you what is going on when you really get a hold of it martin luther he used a phrase that was profound it was called sola scriptura okay this was one of the big things that caused a lot of the the rifts with him in the in the church at the time and what he meant by this is that sola scriptura meant listen it's it's by the spirit alone sola scriptura That each and every person who is the child of God can hear from and understand the truth of God. We don't, and at the time, people were told that it could only be by like the high priest or the magistrates or the leaders. Like you couldn't hear from God for yourself. You couldn't have it. You had to hear it from somebody else that told you what God was saying. And Martin Luther said, I don't, you know, I, I'm reading the Word. I'm studying because he was, he was studying the, the Scriptures. He's like, I'm, I, that's not what I'm getting, man. There is this thing about the Holy Spirit being the messenger of truth and be, bringing revelation and understanding. I, I hear from him, you know, and it changed everything. And so the messenger of truth, he lives in you and he lives in me. And when we're, when I'm sharing the word, what's happening, if this thing's getting down in your spirit, it's not that I'm saying it and it's making so much sense. It's that the spirit in you is saying yes, and he's confirming to your spirit what's being said is truth. It's from the word. And there's something happening deep down in the spirit, man, of you when that occurs. The messenger of truth is, is bringing and delivering that message to you, right? We all have, so the messenger is one another and you know what else the enemy wants to tell you all kinds of lies about yourself about you about who you are what you're capable of what you're not capable of your destiny your fate your doom, this that or whatever and and you need to hear from the voice of truth it says lies those are all lies you need to hear what god has to say about you right and the messenger is the one to tell you that, to bring that message to you so that it sinks down in. And that whenever lies are being told, you say, no, that conflicts with what the message I've already heard says, right? The messenger. Number two is the guide. The guide. He's the guide. I, yeah. Anybody seen that movie Everest? It's, it's actually pretty cool. It's the story of some guys that, well, they died on Everest, but they tried to, I'm going somewhere. They, they tried to, you know, to summit the mountain or whatever. I think that would be awesome to do, by the way. But they tried to summit the mountain on Everest. And, and so what do they do when they go to, to tackle something like that? They get a guide, right? I mean, none of these people have ever, that go to do this expedition, they, they've never been on Everest, They don't know what it's like at 30,000 feet of elevation where your body is kind of wanting to shut down on you within a matter of minutes. So they don't trust themselves to just say, I'm just going to go up to the mountain in this unknown area, in this unforeseen territory, in treacherous conditions. I'm just going to go for it. They want to do it, but they don't trust themselves. They get a guide. And what is it about a guide that's so important? He's been there before. He's pass through the treacherous conditions, and come out victorious. He knows what to expect. So much so that the people he's leading trust him more with their lives than they do themselves. If he says, we got to get down, or it's time to go, they don't question it. They say, okay, the guide knows we're going to follow the guide. The Holy Spirit is the guide in our lives. It says, open your Bibles to John chapter 16 verse 12 and jesus says here i still have many things to say to you but you can't bear them now however when he the spirit of truth again has come he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will tell you of things to come i don't know about you but life is pretty complicated It gets pretty intense at times. I mean, it throws some pretty challenging things at me. Not you? No? Everybody's good? Okay, that's great. I'm the only one. Wonderful. Wonderful. I need a guide. I need a guide who's been there. The Bible says that, I mean, God created time. He's outside of it. It says he goes before you. Can I tell you something? He's already been where you're going to go, and he's already seen where you've come from. He knows how everything begins, and he knows how it ends. That's why he's the author, and he's the finisher. And if I need a guide in life, by the, who, I need it from the one who created me, who knows and understands it all and to all levels that no one else can possibly know. And then I know the Holy Spirit well and intimately. He's a guide in my life, guiding me towards the destiny and the purpose that he has for me. So much so that when I say in my flesh, I want to go left, and the Spirit says, no, you want to go right. I'm going to go right because I'm going to listen to the one who's been there, who's come through it all, and who knows how it all works, and I'm not going to trust myself because I've never been ahead of where things are at in my life. Amen. He's the God. He wants to guide us. Into all things. You wouldn't say, you know what? Sven, that sounds like a good guide's name for Mount Everest, right? Sven, you know what, buddy? Just sit this one out, man. I think I'm gonna take it from here. I got this one. Right? You'd be crazy. I mean you're about ready to go up the mountain, right? You wouldn't say, when you come into stormy waters, you know what? I'm just not even gonna really talk to the Holy Spirit on this one. Or or better yet, we just don't even think about it, and we just go and we do it ourselves instead of letting the guide lead us, right? So there's the guide. There's the gift enabler. The gift enabler. Oh. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. When Jesus ascended on high, it says, Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now, I'm not talking about natural gifts here. I'm not talking about like, you know, I can throw a a great spiral or I can throw a mean curveball or or, uh, I don't know, whatever. I'm, I'm talking about spiritual gifts. God, when the Holy Spirit was poured out into you, it's like there begin to be gifts that are now enabled, empowered, meant to be used and activated that were not previously stirred up and being used in your life. And in order for you to walk in those gifts, and there's a, there's a lot of spiritual types of gifts, right? But in order for those gifts to be active in alive, which they need to be in the body of Christ for the power of God to be demonstrated the way it's supposed to be, in order for them to be active, the Holy Spirit has to be empowering them and keeping them stirred up in you. That's why Paul said to Timothy, he said, stay stirred up in the gifts of God. Stay stirred up because what he's saying is let the spirit continue to keep those gifts alive and activated in your life. How do you do that? You stay in intimacy with the Holy Spirit and it's that spiritual activity that just keep things turned up and kicked up. And those gifts are flowing out in your life on a regular basis, right? You know him as the gift enabler, as the gift empowerer. And so he's active in that way in your life, and you recognize it, and you see gifts coming out of you that you could never have possible in the natural realm, right? Oh, you know what? He's the comforter. He's the intercessor. Have you ever tried to pray, and you feel like you just didn't get it all out? I just, I prayed, and I prayed, and I just, I just, you know, it's like you get a list, and you pray, and you try to, look, the Holy Spirit is the intercessor, it says in the book of Romans, it says that he intercedes with us with groanings that cannot be uttered. There's a prayer language that he has for you. And, and the Spirit wants to lead us and be kind of an intercessor in a sense where it's like when you're praying with the Spirit, it's like bullseye on the mark, you know, every time. it's You're not missing anything because the Spirit is interceding and he's taking our prayers and he's like taking them right to Jesus for us, right? He's the intercessor. That's Romans chapter 8, by the way, if you want to look that up later. And I'm going to end with this one. He is the empowerer. He is the empowerer. And, and I want you to just listen to this. Acts, don't go in your Bible. Just listen so we can get through this. And go to it if you want. That probably sounded like non-pastoral, actually. So go there, but keep up. <laughs> I'm doing a bad job at these pause things. I know. Ugh. Acts chapter 1. <laughs> and this is verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all the earth. Hallelujah. He, you know, we are meant to live with a power. Now, here's the interesting thing. Give me just a second. Here's the interesting thing. Most of the time, people, they, they, they kind of love the idea of the apostles moving in power right miracles healings all that stuff they kind of love that idea yeah it's, it's right it's good you know but but what's interesting is a lot of times people kind of uh, they're not sure that they can grab onto this part of the holy spirit in their own lives like today and alive in the church and movie people they they just kind of get uncomfortable with the with the power of god moving in their in their lives i'm not sure why that is i know a lot of times that which is unfamiliar to us is something that we tend to kind of stay away from right but but let me just say this that the power of god is meant to be a way that every believer lives their life the power as it says when jesus said you know i will send power from on high That word means marvelous, mighty works, miraculous works. The power, the force, the ability, the efficacy and energy to do powerful, miraculous deeds and marvelous works. Ability to perform for the believer, the power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities, power through God's ability, which is needed in every scene of life to grow in the sanctification and preparation for heaven. I mean it's it's as clear as can be it didn't die in in the time of the apostles if anything we need it more today than ever before listen listen to the to the in first corinthians chapter two paul says i came my speech and my preaching were not in persuasive words of human wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power The kingdom of God, it says in 1 Corinthians, is not in word but in power. And listen to this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, Paul's warning Timothy and the leaders, he says, stay away from those who have a form of godliness but deny its power. From such people, turn away. Listen, power Christianity is authentic Christianity. There's a a supernatural power that ought to be infusing, energizing, and and, and marking every day of our lives. The apostles walked in it, you know, and it was there for them because it was exactly what was needed to erupt the New Testament church and get it off the ground. Listen, today, we are in a time where things just kind of seem to keep going in the wrong direction in our I mean, I don't need to say it all. You've heard it. You've seen it. Things that are happening with gender issues, all kinds of things. These are morality issues, folks. Okay? And and, and there's things that are happening that are continuing to move our nation in the wrong direction. And I'm just going to... Just preaching it. Like, you can't legislate morality. You you, you, you can't make laws that are going to turn this thing around. Okay? There's no politician... No great economic strategy that's going to change the scope of this thing. It's that far down the road. Okay, what we need is we need reform, but reform that has ever really happened on a wide scale level is is happened. It's been preceded by revival. Revival can bring reform. You can't legislate morality. A nation of people with God's Spirit being poured out, coming on fire with the power of God, seeing truth, understanding how to be led and guided, and understanding how to cut through all the fog, that's what we need. That's what we need. It's Revival is what brings reform. Go ahead and stand your feet with me today. just really like just touched through all the different personalities you know, the Holy Spirit he's our comforter, he's our advocate he's our guide, he's our empowerer he's our gift enabler, he's our intercessor comforter I just say it like this there's nothing that's in him there's no need that you have let's say it that way that can't be met by who he is there's no battle you could face, no mission that you could be go on. There's nothing about what you'll go up against in life that you're not fully capable, prepared, and able to handle and overcome by an intimate relationship with who the Holy Spirit is. He's everything. He's the center. He needs to be the center of our lives. A Hunger, thirst, and a desire to know him in the most intimate way love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind go after him with everything you've got an earnest heart seeking God will be met and he and will see the things of God you want to know all these different personalities in the person of the Holy Spirit go after him with everything you've got if I could impart one thing to any person, I would just say, live your life like this. Go after God with everything that you've got. know the deepest, most intimate relationship you could possibly have with him. and you will move in miraculous power. You will understand and know things about your life and about your purpose you could not possibly know otherwise. And when you get a taste of it and when you start to live in it and walk in it, you can never go back. And all you want to do is seek it more and more and more. And all the things in our life that we're called to begin to be affected and impacted by that innermost relationship.